Hi everyone, this is International Society of Hypertension Podcast. I'm Associate Professor Francine Marques from Monash University, Australia, and my co-host is Dr. Augusto Montesano from the University of Glasgow, Scotland. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our ISH podcast. And in our chat today, we will speak to Professor Maria Soledad Fernandes Alfonso, also known as Marisol, who is a professor of pharmacology and research director of the Group for the Study of Cardiometabolic Health, DESCAMAT, at the Complutense University in Madrid, Spain. Marisol is the president of the European Council for Cardiovascular Research, where she has created and strongly supports the Early Career Researchers Committee and the Mentorship Working Group. She's also part of the ISH Women in Hypertension Research Committee, and Marisol has mentored a great number of researchers, and we are here today to, ta- to chat about her experiences. So Marisol, thank you so much for being here with us today, and we're looking forward to this chat with you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Augusto and uh, Francine. Thank you for this kind uh, invitation. It is really a pleasure for me to participate in this, uh, I think, interesting and great uh, initiative. So uh, it's a pleasure to share my experience uh, with, with all of you. Thank you. And just to get everything started, can you tell us a little bit of your story and how did you get involved with hypertension research? Uh, yes, uh, sure. When I when I was a student, um, for me it was uh, clear that I wanted uh, to do uh, research, and also work at university doing teaching. So it was uh, this combination of teaching and research was uh, my goal. So when I finished uh, my studies um, of pharmacy, I'm a pharmacologist. I um, was looking for a group uh, for doing a, a PhD. And I was accepted in, in a group uh, of, uh, of Professor Jesus Marin, who uh, was working on hypertension and vascular damage and pharmacology of, uh, of hypertension and, and vascular damage. So I started there with my PhD. And um, then I went to uh, Germany, to Heidelberg uh, um, for a postdoc. Um, at this time, um, uh, the group, um, our group had, was participating in a European project together with the University of Heidelberg, working on the renin angiotensin system. It was the time when the first uh, transgenic uh, rat, the, the renin transgenic rat was uh, developed. And um, I spent in, in Germany in the group of uh, Ganten almost um, uh, three years. Um, and then, yeah, I returned to Spain and uh, continued uh, with, uh, <laughs> with the hypertension research. I, I expanded it a little bit more also to uh, uh, obesity-related hypertension and also to chronic kidney disease. But yeah, it, it's, uh, it's mainly centered and uh, focused on, on hypertension. And uh, Marisol, you are uh, good to mention that you are sitting many committees. And I was wondering if you can comment how you feel that uh, sitting in these committees has contributed you to advance your career. Yeah. Um, yeah, sitting in these committees, I started quite, quite late um, uh, in my career, um, participating in, in committees. The, the first one 
was the um, executive committee of the European Council for Cardiovascular Research, um, which is um, uh, a, a small council in Europe uh, for uh, really um, very good, uh, very good uh, researchers, mainly focused on, on, on basic science. And um, I got opportunity for young people to, uh, to start. Um, and yeah, in this committee, which was the first one, of course, um, it's very important because you know people. Uh, you learn a lot uh, from other senior researchers who, of course, are much, much more experienced than you. Um, of course, I think it offers also the possibilities to uh, develop de develop your ideas, no? so new ideas, um, uh, new initiatives, uh, new approaches. No, you also can make changes uh, <laughs> and um, and help um, younger researchers, but but even also uh, peers. No, um, so I think it's yeah, sitting in committees is is time consuming, but of course is is very helpful for for a career, no, it, yeah, you do a lot of networking and it opens also a lot of uh, doors, no, and possibilities. So, and so when you think about your, um, now talking about your mentorship experiences, uh, when you think about that and how, which word would you use to define your experience? Um, so it depends uh, on, uh, on which side you are, no? Uh, I think for a mentee, uh, the word is crucial. And for a mentor, I would say enriching. Mm -hmm. and, the, the, um, and why would it be crucial for you? Um, I, th I think for a, for a mentee, um, I mean, a, a mentorship is, uh, is crucial because it, uh, uh, I mean, you, you need, and sometimes you're lost, no? Um, your focus on your um, uh, PhD, on your, on your experiments, and, um, and you, don't, you don't see the whole picture. Uh, you're somehow lost, and of course you need uh, guidance, uh, advice um, of, uh, of your mentor, no? I think it's, uh, it's very important. Um, because, for example, for, for me as a, as a mentor, is I have a, a very horizontal uh, relationship with, with my students. And um, I think it's very important to, to know well the person uh, which you're the mentee. You know? it's, for me, it's, it's very person-centered. You, know, you need to know the person, need to know their yeah, strengths, uh, their weaknesses, their needs. Yeah, and, and help them help them um, find out really uh, where they imagine themselves in twenty years, for example. Mm -hmm. no? So it's very important to uh, to help them uh, really find what they really want, which sometimes is difficult. No, and how to guide them, uh, how to uh, achieve this. No, I absolutely agree that so many times we are focused on success, what it looks like to us. And we really need to be asking the mentees what success looks like to them, because in the end of the day, it could be completely different, and that should be the focus of the relationship. Yeah, what is what is success? No, what is success for you? Um, and uh, this is sometimes uh, not easy to uh, uh, 
to know. So um, I think a, a mentor um, helps uh, a mentee to really know inside uh, himself or herself and, uh, and uh, help them really uh, decide no? what, what they want to do. No? Connect with, it's a gut decision, no? connect with their needs and with their, with their uh, uh, wishes. No? And Marisol, do you think mentoring is important? Yeah, mentoring is, um, as I say, is uh, is crucial for a um, for a mentor. As I say, is very enriching because you're not only helping uh, uh, mentees, helping students, or um, to pursue the, the careers. Um, it's very uh, also enriching for me because. Um, I, I also get a lot from my mentees. I also learn a lot from young people with, which have um, now a different education from mine and uh, different approaches to a lot of things. And um, I also learn a lot. No, if you, if you have a good communication with, with your mentee, um, it's really a, a, a two-way uh, relationship and, uh, and it's very enriching also for, for me. No? So uh, I like it a lot, and uh, uh, I have to say that I think I, I'm really a, a good friend of many of my former mentees and, and, and students, and uh, this is for me very important. This is really very nice. And, and I can see that from the CR, like how, how close you are to your uh, mentees and past mentees and everything. So it is a little family. Uh, Marisol, like when in your career did you realize that you needed a mentor? Um, I realized it uh, quite late. And uh, in fact, what I realized is that um, I hadn't had a mentor no? when, when I saw um, other uh, peers no? and uh, the careers of other peers. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, who was my mentor, my, my, uh, the director of my thesis, he passed away um, uh, yeah, um, prematurely. And um, I, I felt uh, really without a mentor and I felt really uh, alone. No? When, I, when I was in, in Germany during my postdoc, um, I had a lot of uh, help. Uh, for example, of uh, Martin Paul, which was the, the, the senior postdoc there when, when I was uh, doing my postdoc. Um, he uh, had just uh, returned from the United States. And I think this is very important because um, I don't remember uh, when I was a, a student or a postdoc that mentorship was a concept in Spain or even in Germany. I think this is a more Anglo-Saxon concept and uh, it was at this time probably uh, more common in UK or in United States. And, um, and since uh, Martin had uh, done his postdoc in the United States, he returned to Germany with this concept, concept of mentorship. No? And uh, he was very, very uh, supportive. And, um, and then of course, um, uh, I got yeah, also a, a lot of help from uh, from other people, 
mainly people in Germany where I did my postdocs, so Rainer Kreuz, or Musha, Steckelings, with our both <laughs> friends and uh, also um, yeah, mentors. And, uh, and then also of Thomas Unger and Rianto Youth in, in, in later times. Um, yeah, but this mentor at the beginning of, of uh, my career um, was uh, not there. And it was, yeah, I had a difficult time. When, when, when I returned from my postdoc in, to Spain, I had several years where it was really very difficult uh, because uh, I was alone. I had to do the experiments and uh, also write the grants, write the papers and uh, yeah, do almost everything. No? And this was a, a difficult time. But I was yeah, somehow lucky and... Uh, <laughs> I'm so interested how you became that, what helped you during that difficult time and perhaps what skills do you think you acquired to try to overcome uh, the lack of mentorship? Um, for me, it was, um, I mean, it was clear, as I said at the beginning, that I wanted to do research and, uh, and also teaching, no? Uh, I really enjoy. I really enjoy what uh, what I do. No, so uh, this, of course, the motivation was there. No, and on the other hand, um, I'm very resilient. I think that uh, in 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 this <laughs> uh, in in research, you need to be very resilient because, of course, well, in life, no, you need to be resilient. Of course, you have good times where everything works, but you also have bad times where you feel alone or the uh, I mean, the experiments uh, don't work or you have problems with, uh, you know, the papers or the grants. And uh, yeah, you need to, to start again and uh, to try uh, to look for, for another way of doing things. Or very important, this I learned uh, quite late, it's very important to ask for help. I mean, you're not... Um, you're not uh, uh, superman or superwoman i mean you you need help and and it's important to ask for help and um, and yeah for collaboration and uh, it's not a weakness if you need help no it's uh, i learned this quite late but now i think i ask for help <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah, i like that yeah just to add something like if you don't mind me asking because like a lot of people that listen to us and people that talk to me about mentorship, like uh, one of the common questions that they ask me is like, how when I'm down or when I'm feeling alone, how to stop myself comparing the things that are happening to me or how my career is progressing slower than I want to my other friends or peers that are uh, going a little better than me. So how to, to stop from this um damaging comparisons like what advice would you give to them so um what would you tell people to say don't compare yourself like or believe in yourself yeah i think that uh, comparing yourself to other people is uh, is really um, yeah a wrong uh, a wrong attitude uh, because i mean life and uh, and research and in the career uh, you have up and ups and downs and um, and maybe you're comparing yourself when you're in a down and, and you're <laughs> the people you're comparing with uh, are in a in a in a in an up, no, in a 
in a very uh, good situation at the moment, no? but it's going to be uh, up and down. Um, when you compare to uh, other people, you also focus on uh, on specific um, on specific aspects which are not the whole story. No? Um, so maybe you are comparing yourself with with some specific aspect, and you are not not seeing that. Uh, I mean, this uh, people who are, you are comparing with has uh, other negative uh, aspects or is in uh, has other, uh, negative situations. And um, therefore, it's not uh, it's not a good uh, it's not a good attitude. What I would um, say is that it's not a problem to fail. You know, uh, we are. I think that um, we are very afraid of of, of failure. No, in in our society and uh, in general, and also in in, in research. And it's not a problem. So you you fail. The the most usual uh, thing is that uh, that you fail. So you learn from your failures. Is is where uh, you learn the most. You learn from your failures, and then uh, you try to do things uh, differently. So I think it's important. So when you're in a in a in a in a down or in a uh, so ask yourself. So um, uh, what do I feel? Uh, what would I like to change? Uh, identify the problems that uh, you have at this moment. Uh, ask for help, and um, yeah, acknowledge your failure. It's not a problem. You learn from this, and you can uh, yeah continue doing things in a different way. You know, maybe you have to change things, of course. But comparing and 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 being a victim, uh, victimizing, comparing with people that are successful. It's, it doesn't help you. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, what is your mentoring style? And can you give us any examples of ways that you have helped your mentees in the past? Yeah, um, I would say my, my mentoring style is, um, I mean, very, very horizontal uh, and, uh, and very person-centered. So for me, it's very important to um, have a close uh, relationship with my mentees and um, uh, to know, uh, really to communicate uh, at a deep level. For me, it's important. And um, not only uh, about the research, of course, and science, but uh, also about yeah, personal views, personal problems, so be uh, be very close, no. So this helps me also to to identify, um, yeah, strengths and weaknesses of uh, of uh, my mentees, or to find uh, their motivation, for example, or to um, identify, uh, yeah, insecurities that they might have or. Uh, yeah, problems that uh, might arise, and and help them trying to uh, connect with these uh, uh, these characteristics, no, of the, of their personalities, no, identify uh, where they have problems and uh, try to help them to uh, improve uh, in in this uh, in these situations, no. Or, so very horizontal, very person-centered. Uh, this is why it's really rewarding for me because it's uh, it's really a, a close personal relationship. 
and of course help, helping them um, to find out what they want to do connect with their feelings it's not for me i think it's not a rational decision it's more a, a, an emotional decision what do you want to do in the future mm-hmm. so the the doctoral the doctoral period i think it's a training and the big decision comes when you finish your phd and um, and when you need to decide emotionally <laughs> um, where you want to go no uh, if you want to stay in academia, if you want to go to the industry, business, uh, or whatever you would like to do. For me, for example, since I'm a pharmacist, uh, it's also very important. Uh, I have also helped people. They are working now in community pharmacies. Also, for example, uh, working on hypertension, uh, as pre- preventing hypertension from the community pharmacy, which I think is very important. And, uh, and not... Uh, and not um, an issue which is not paid attention uh, too much. Uh, and uh, I think it's, it's important, no? So, um, yeah, um, connect with your feelings, very important. When you have two similar options, no? Then I think, uh, then I think you have to decide rationally, no? I, I like this option, but I, I also like this. So now, now maybe yeah what are the the the, the best uh, of each option and also the, the negative points and then maybe you can decide rationally but the the first decision is emotional i think and, and i think you said like something really important which is like because we like to think that it's either academia or industry but you mentioned something very important that is understand your uh, scope of your profession hmm. only like is is a is, is a rainbow like the there's many different colors that you can uh, assume that you can get for you or the combination of them it doesn't have to be one or the other and Marisol in your point of view if I'm I am to enjoy and really take a lot of positive uh, things from a mentorship relationship what kind of traits or what characteristics do I need to have in order to do that? Be uh, open-minded, I think. Um, open to, uh, to suggestions. But uh, I also know that, I, I also think that, um, and this is what I, what I intend also, is um, a mentee needs to have um, good knowledge of himself or herself, no? uh, really um, what are their, their, their strengths, uh, the limits, uh, the weaknesses, uh, the fears, um, very important. And um, I think um, it's also important to be brave enough to go beyond your comfort zone. This is very important because, uh, I mean, in, in a career, I think you're constantly, you're constantly pushed to go uh, beyond the comfort zone. So when you start, for example, uh, versus uh, doing an experiment for the first time or, uh, or uh, presenting a poster or uh, a talk, but uh, I mean, at, at the later stages, uh, 
I mean, you need to organize a meeting or you need to un have an interview for a podcast, for example. No, So, so it's, it's always uh, being pushed beyond your comfort zone. And if you know yourself and if you know um, your limits, your possibilities, and uh, then this is also, um, I mean, a training for life. And I think it's also a training for being a better person no? because you have to overcome uh, your limits and uh, and uh, yeah to grow as a person absolutely and uh, Marisol for the uh, people listening that uh, might be finishing their PhDs and looking for their postdoctoral training options opportunities or people looking into getting into a lab to do their PhD do you have any advice on how they can recognize a, a good training environment and a, a lab that is suitable for them? Um, yes, I would say um, a good environment. I mean, it doesn't necessarily uh, need to be a top group. I think, of course, you can go uh, to a top group. But I would say um, uh, identify a group where people um, people have fun and uh, enjoy the the research that uh, they're doing. This is um, important. Mm, a group where people are uh, collaborating, where there is really a, a teamwork. I would say this is this is very important. And also um, a group where you are supported and where you have a good supervision. Of course, as a postdoc, you don't need uh, um, a, a supervision like uh, when you're a, a doctoral student, but um, uh, you need uh, supervision. You need, of course, the necessary freedom to, um, to develop yourself. This is also important, no? that uh, you are... Uh, uh, independent and you, you can also uh, do your uh, independent work but with a support and uh, also with a, with a supervision and communication and what communication is is crucial is is very important and in the end if, if this is there I think people work happy and uh, they have fun <laughs> so this is why I say and Marisa you said like in the meetings or conferences you meet people, you network with people. But sometimes, like for a junior researcher, that can be quite hard because uh, the professors are uh, senior uh, and you're sort of like afraid of them or afraid to look stupid or to approach them or they're even like intimidating. So what would you tell people to uh, overcome that problem? Like how would you... What's your secret recipe to approach people in a conference or in a social setting and get uh, the, uh, not the mentorship, but get the interaction that you want? Well, sometimes I, I, I still uh, intimidated but, uh, by some people, but I think that um, a good advice is uh, to think that this is in your in your mind. I mean, being, being intimidated by, by, uh, by people is really an insecurity of yourself. And um, I think uh, what you need to know is that uh, you have, uh, or you're trying to interact with, with a person like you, that of course might be more important in, in, in research or, or by the 
achievements that, that he or she has. But, um, but this insecurity is, um, is in your mind. So try to, uh, yeah, to <laughs> maybe have a deep breath and uh, yeah, just uh, go naturally and ask. And in my experience, I think that uh, most of the people uh, which I have approached, they are happy to help and they are happy to be approached and they are happy if you, uh, if you ask them uh, for advice or for some collaboration or uh, whatever you need. And um, as I say, it's, it's more of a personal problem no? and feeling intimidated. And this is also good because it's, it's, you can work on it because it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a problem of yours. No? It's not the, that you have really a, a real barrier. So just be confident and, um, and uh, not shy and, uh, and approach people. It's important to, I, I would say, approach people personally. Not, um, not well, no, now it's difficult, but not, not so often by mail because it's more um, anonymous. Uh, it's better to approach uh, people personally. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, you have uh, better results. And uh, Marisol, now moving into diversity and inclusion, um, what do you think is the biggest issue that we have around diversity and inclusion? And do you have any suggestions that we could do to improve it, especially in our field in cultivation? Um, yeah, the bueno, the major issue um, is uh, um, related to uh, yeah, women on on one side, um, but also on the diversity. I would say on uh, yeah, underrepresented countries that might uh, um, that might participate also on research. No, I think that uh, that ish in this regard. Um, I think uh, it has the goal of uh, of improving, no, um, uh, the inclusion of, uh, of course, of women and uh, and uh, other, as I say, underrepresented uh, uh, countries. Uh, regarding women, um, of course, the the initiative of um, of Rian uh, to youth uh, some years ago uh, with the uh, <laughs> launch of the women uh, in hypertension uh, uh, research. Uh, uh, group no uh, was very important. I think um, it was important to make people aware that uh, women were underrepresented in 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 meetings in uh, in uh, in yeah in networks and uh, um, and as, um, also in um, Grants, for example, and uh, this, this is important no? that to, to acknowledge this problem. And of course, with the creation of the of the network, um, we are already working uh, to uh, overcome overcome this. No, um, and as I say, I think that we also need to improve uh, the representation of um, of countries which are underrepresented traditionally in hypertension research. Um, I mean, from my point of view, increase also the participation of, uh, for example, uh, 
middle and South American countries, which have a, a great research in hypertension, also maybe Africa, uh, Asia probably is more represented, but also, so initiatives are very important uh, for this. But this, I think this is a, a goal for each. And, uh, and, and myself, I think in terms of like the women uh, role in hypertension, what advice do you have for, for women in terms of like to, to carry on of their work and do not leave research? I think um, one is it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult because, um, uh, yeah, to give advice on this. Um, but um, from my experience, um, I think that it's, it's important to tell women uh, that they need to believe more in themselves. I think that, uh, I mean, from, from our education, uh, women, I think we tend to be uh, insecure. And, um, and I think that you need to work on this, uh, on this uh, insecurity. No? We, we think that we are less than, than male. We feel insecure um, in, many, in many situations. We feel intimidated uh, in, in many situations. And uh, in this regard, I think that um, it's important to um, increase the self-confidence very important because I mean, even if, if, if you're if, if you feel insecure, even from your um, attitude and from the nonverbal communications, you're perceived, um, uh, bueno, uh, smaller, no, and uh, less important or less uh, <laughs> than uh, than you are, no. And again, it's something which is um, where you can work on, no. The, 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 good, the good, I think the good um, news is that working on yourself and uh, on your insecurity uh, feelings, for example, is uh, something that it's, it's on, on, your, uh, on your hand, no? You can, you can do it and uh, it doesn't depend so much on, on uh, the outer uh, or on other people, it, it depends on you. So this, this would be the, the most important uh, thing. Uh, work on yourself, on your on security, and ask for help. Again, ask for help if you need it. Perhaps that even something that the Women in Hypertension Committee could help us to try to achieve is setting up some uh, career coaching or workshops on how to support women to improve their self-confidence. Yeah, this this is very important. No, this uh, to uh, have workshops where you can um, improve your self confidence and openly talk about uh, yeah failure, about uh, fears, about this is something that uh, I think the women in hypertension research uh, is focusing on, and uh, I, this is very important. Of course, it's not only a, a female issue. Of course. Uh, I think many men also have might have uh, uh, the same problems, no? But um, yeah, uh, for for women, it's uh, I think it's it, it happens more often, and these workshops are very very important.
Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from uh, from my perspective as well, many instances I have been the only or one of the very few females in a committee. A lot of the time, one of the youngest people sitting in a committee as well. And it makes it so difficult to say something that is the opposite to what everybody else, especially some very senior people that we admire enormously to actually go mm. and say something. It's hard. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but that's with me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my strategy is usually to think about whether I'm going to feel uncomfortable for those 10 seconds when I make the decision of saying something because I disagree, or whether I'm going to feel uncomfortable for many hours and days later uh, because I didn't say something. Yeah, yeah and, it's difficult uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the last question we had for you was about supporting our junior researchers through the pandemic. As um, you probably know, uh, our junior researchers have had the highest hit in terms of not having access to labs, not having to stop uh, clinical trials, um, having to suddenly not have resources or funding or, or equipment or reagents to be able to do experiments. I was wondering if you have any suggestions of what we could do better to try to support them during this difficult time. Yeah, this is a, a difficult uh, question because um, yeah, it has been yeah very difficult for for everybody. Um, of course, also the the senior researchers, and um, I mean, with the labs closed, it's uh, it's very difficult to. Um, uh, to work, but um, yeah, I think what I what I try to do with uh, my younger researchers is to yeah work, focus on aspects which were not so depending on research. So um, uh, trying to um, yeah um, read uh, more papers and uh, do more um, uh, journal clubs, for example. So important was for me to tell them it's important to keep a routine when we were in the confinement, for example, at home. <laughs> so to keep a routine every day, um, to um, connect with your peers is important, uh, to connect quite often also uh, with, the, with the supervisors and uh, yeah, try to focus, for example, more on, on, on reading papers, uh, developing um, possible uh, ideas for grants and um, uh, writing, if, if, if they were more advanced, writing some parts of the doctoral thesis. Um, because I mean, other, for me, other, uh, other possibilities were really uh, closed, no? Um, so it was it was difficult. This this for for younger people, for more um, for more senior people. Uh, again, uh, for example, uh, female uh, had more problems than than male. For example, there was a study here at the Complutense University where they uh, um, concluded that during the confinement. Um, Male um, male researchers had increased their publication uh, publications in fifty percent, and also um, their uh, grants. 
and the female researchers had uh, less than uh, had 10% less uh, publications <laughs> and success rate in in, in grants um, because they were of course uh, taking care of, of the family and uh, the children and again it's not only for female again it's it's uh, i mean male uh, uh, also uh, collaborate and 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 have uh, um, also family, uh, um, uh, how do you say? Uh, well, no, contribute to, to Our, the family, yes, yeah. and family work, no? But uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was for me really surprising that there was such a difference uh, in, in success and in, in paper publication for male and female during the, the confinement, no? So it's again something that, um, we need somehow to, uh, yeah, to rule or to uh, <laughs> to work on, because it's uh, it's difficult sometimes for female again. <laughs> I know I I've seen that in our institute as well. So a lot of like the the female researchers, I think they had a harder time because uh, the homeschooling and uh, the family obligations fell on them. And mm. I always had like the urge to say like, what about your husband, you know, your partner or something like, seriously, like why they're not sharing things with you. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess like it goes like personal choices, getting, you know, or like, you know, um, kids prefer mommy rather than daddy. And usually uh, moms are much better to learn from. <laughs> than the, the dads. <laughs> they're more caring and patient. My dads are more like, do this, do this. No, but it, jokes apart, I think like it is, it is like a big problem. That, uh, we need to, I think COVID just emphasized even more uh, differences that we need to, to look at. But as you said, so, there's so much, so much influencing uh, it that it's a hard and I think also we, we need to be accounting for the impact that we're going to see now for many years to come. We need to make sure that we remember the impact that we're having now and that we make sure that this impact is a, a accountable in many years because it's not going to be something that is going to be solved suddenly. And we know women were already behind, especially if they had uh, care of responsibilities. And suddenly uh, the impact of the pandemic and uh, homeschooling and uh, the increased workload and everything else is going to make the gap even bigger. So we need to be willing to of that. Yeah, I think it's a question of, uh, of education. And um, I mean, how do we educate our uh, daughters and... Um, <laughs> uh, um, and... Uh, eh? Sons, yeah. No, how, how, how do we educate our daughters and, and, and sons, no? Um, I mean, we are educating them and, and we as women, if we, we need to try to overcome this, uh, this, this gap in, in I, I think there is still a gap in, in education. We still are educating differently uh, boys and girls. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's again in our, uh, in our um, power, no, to, to, to do it in another way, no, and to and to try to to educate our sons uh, uh, 
to be more more collaborative and and, and to change uh, certain things. No. Yeah. But you said something like it's extremely important: the support network. It is important to have that so people can help, you, like family, friends, uh, colleagues. Uh, we need to be more aware of creating this supporting networks. That's I think that's one of the key. Yeah. So, Marisol, I hope you enjoyed uh, having this interview, this chat with us as much as we did. I can, I think I speak for Francine when I say that we learned a lot from you and there was a lot of like inspiring uh, tips that we could uh, use from here and ahead. Uh, so on that note, like, thank you very much uh, for being here with us. No, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, congratulations again for this initiative. I think it's very, very important and very uh, inspiring for not only for younger people, also from uh, also for uh, for peers to see how uh, yeah uh, different ways in in mentoring and in in uh, yeah just uh, doing our our work. So thank you very much, and uh, yeah, thank nice you. to be with you. Thank you for listening to our interview. If you'd like more tips on mentoring, subscribe to our podcast for more interviews with senior and emerging leaders. Stay safe, open-minded and kind.